What could loving your neighbor actually look like? Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast, your online community of sojourners who are growing more loving in neighborhoods all across Canada. We'll navigate into hot topics about child welfare, faith, and reconciliation. Be challenged with real-life stories and honest conversations that will inspire you to love others well. We're glad you've joined us on this Journey with Care. Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast, and I'm so glad that you are here with us today. In studio today, we have Shalane Strom. Welcome, Shalane. Thank you. It's great to be here. And I'm actually sitting in your kitchen, and we are having tea and some delicious snacks here, and it's so good to be here in BC, in Abbotsford, BC. Um, Shalane, you are the national lead National Education Lead. National Educational Lead uh, with Food for the Hungry Canada. You're not a stranger to Care Impact, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you, Wendy. It's quite comical to me when I think back to how you and I actually got connected. Right. I had the opportunity to start something called EndingPovertyTogether.org that is a library of resources contributed by to by many collaborators across the country. And it was through that that I actually met you. And that's where we began this journey of partnering and collaborating together many, quite a few years ago now. Yeah, I was thinking back, I think that Everything good happens over a cup of coffee. I'm pretty sure it was one of those Starbucks in Winnipeg. You were in Winnipeg Uh and one of many to come. Yes. Uh, We have connected very easily after because we have a lot to talk about. We do. Um, A lot of things in common. Tell us a little bit about Food for the Hungry and, and maybe we can discuss why we have chosen to partner with you in such a way. For sure. So Food for the Hungry is an international Christian development organization And the Canada side of FH works in seven different countries around the world. And our goal is really to see communities graduate out of poverty. And so what we do is we connect with a community that is really struggling and probably stuck, especially in material lack. And when they decide that they want to walk with us, we create this MOU of understanding together that we're going to do this 10-year, roughly 10-year journey. And in that time, the staff that um, we have in the country are 98% of them are people who were born in that country. So we're not bringing people in from North America. We are looking at um, neighbors working with neighbors, which I think is such a beautiful part of the way we do work. And I think that's one of the places where we connect with you. Yeah, I think that's where we did connect because we're like, we have this need as well. We have this need here in Canada for neighbors connecting with neighbors. Yes. Maybe it looks different in some of your other developing countries, but we in Canada have some work to do. And I think that's what got me interested I attended some of your workshops as well. Yes. And that's one of the ways that we are involved in Canada is through our educational workshops. We have one called Ending Poverty Together. And that's the one that I think was our first point of kind of connection where we realized that we are actually doing something that would be really beneficial for you. 
and for your organization. And so now that Ending Poverty Together workshop is part of your core training. Absolutely. And and it's one of those things that any church that is uh, working with us, um, let's say on the care portal, and they are getting introduced into community needs through through the care portal requests that come through, we always suggest and recommend that they get involved and attend one of your workshops. Because I remember, I'm going to sit myself back into that seat when I attended my very first workshop with you. And I sat there and I said, oh my goodness, I took years, I did my master's in global studies and, and studying some of these concepts that were familiar to me, but the way you distilled it into something that could be taken within a day was fascinating. And I knew that there was something here that I wouldn't expect our churches to all go get their masters or go overseas to learn all the things, but there were some key concepts that could be understood, could be discussed around the table it's very interactive. It's very practical. And I realized we need to talk because what is happening out there and some of the best practices, we need to learn how to be good neighbors here in Canada. And I think one of the things that you may be referring to is really the root of what we do in the workshop is address the root cause of poverty. And a lot of times when people come to a workshop, when they just look at poverty within their city, it seems to be out there. Right. It's the homeless encampment that you drive by on your way to work every day. It's something that feels quite other to a lot of people within the church. The soup kitchens or the child welfare or or those other things that are really inaccessible, it feels. Yeah. And so one of the things that we walk people through in the workshop is the Genesis account of how God created us to be in four key relationships. He wanted us and wants us to have relationship with Him, with ourselves, with others, and with the created world. And when sin entered in, those four relationships were broken, and that's when poverty began. So when you really sit with that for a bit, you realize that's all of us. Yeah. Every single one of us is impoverished. We are all in need of reconciliation and healing through Jesus. So that is a a ground leveling moment for a lot of people. And then you have other people, and actually I think it was the one that you attended, who say, okay, wait a minute, but now that that makes everybody impoverished, how, how do we talk about this? How does that make sense? And one of the things that I think is helpful is to recognize we are all impoverished but we are not all equally vulnerable at a given moment. And we have poverty in different ways and and in different, you know, different places. And for some of us, our poverty is hidden. It's more of a spiritual poverty or more of this desire to live independently. And so we don't have those deep connected community relationships. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people, the poverty is more material and perhaps more obvious then. Right. So that I think is really profound for people. Uh, The other thing that I think is so beautiful that comes out of that is this idea of mutual transformation. When I am walking alongside someone, I am not only being the helper, kind of in a traditional maybe way that we'd Mm -hmm. use that word, but I am also the learner. If I have this understanding of poverty, then hopefully it creates a humility within me that says, I have need and lack like everybody else. So 
I want to be open to learn from the people that I'm walking with. Yeah, no, that's so good. And that's something that we're finding too at Care Impact and why this education is so important as we invite churches into responding to needs in the community that social workers or frontline ministries are are putting onto the portal. What we're finding, I love that families are being reunified. I love that these teens are aging out and now have a community that is looking out for them and finding a bed and just saying, hey, text me anytime. So those relationships are being restored. But one of the things that most beautiful things for us, because we're focused on the church, as are you, what I love is seeing the transformation happening within the church. So often we think out there, how can we make a difference? But we need, God is so equally concerned about the transformation within our own hearts as a community that in Canada, I think we have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. within the church. Do we know the person across the pew? And are we feeling vulnerable enough to say, my day is not going well. Can you pray for me? Yeah. Or can you watch my kids? And we just have so much to learn from our international brothers and sisters. Absolutely. I have the privilege of traveling to the communities that we work with. And I was just in Guatemala most recently. And to see the way that these community members have come together, and particularly during COVID, where in North America, we were experiencing incidents of loneliness and isolation and mental health issues at unprecedented levels. It's not that there weren't issues happening in Guatemala as well, but we also saw these beautiful expressions of neighbors taking care of neighbors and communities coming together. And that's, for us, it was this, this wonderful moment of, hey, this is really working. Yeah. The work that has been happening is really working because these people are caring and loving one another. No, that's beautiful. I Prior to, to starting Care Impact, I was working in settlement community development uh, with the Salvation Army. And we had a lot of newcomer refugees, immigrants coming in, a lot of families from northern communities, remote communities from the indigenous population coming into this neighborhood, very densely populated, a lot of high social needs. However, I observed under the shade of a tree in the summertime and saw perfect strangers sharing chai tea under the shade. One thing I, I elbowed my, my, my staff and say, Shh, don't tell anyone that this isn't Canadian because they are actually helping transform our neighborhood. Absolutely. Bring them on. And so if any of our listeners are hearing that and they're saying, oh, we should help our immigrant population, the refugees that are coming or, or indigenous that are feeling displaced in an urban setting. It's not just that, yes, they do need neighbors. There's a lot of isolation, but lean in because the church needs them because they actually have the secret sauce to community. Yes. And besides it tastes delicious, (laughs) all the food (laughs) and the the teas and the the coffees and the the laughter, even it it even spans language barriers when you're connected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think right now, something that sits deep within me, and I think you and I have had conversations about this, but something that sits deep within me is the need for breaking that relational poverty mm-hmm. within the church and within churches working together with child welfare agencies, other organizations beyond the check writing, beyond the, the, the shoebox drives, but actually in relationship, could we wrap around these, the most vulnerable together? And would they actually transform our best practices too, hmm. that we're not the rescuer. We are really walking in community. But what's your experience uh, working with the churches here in Canada? I recently was on the island and in Victoria, 
And this church has walked with a community, Rio Azul, in Guatemala for many, many years. And what I got to experience in meeting them for the first time recently is the sense of community that they have, the sense of connection that they have with these people who live very far away from them, and what they have learned from the community members in Guatemala, and how important it is for them as a church that they have this outward focus, Mm. and that it isn't just about what's happening within their own congregation, but they have this beautiful partnership that happens. And I actually believe that the healthiest churches are the ones who, yes, engage internationally and also engage locally. Yes. So that there is this healthy perspective of it's it's not us and them. It's all of us together. Yes. And that we are, like we said before, we're all equally impoverished in this. And so how do we get connected with people who can actually really walk with us in our poverty? And they maybe don't look like the person you're accustomed to sitting with in the church. So this is just a It's a curious time with church, having just come through COVID and, you know, we've talked about this. I don't know. Church is, is, it's a challenging kind of a a place to be right now for leadership, I think, Mm -hmm. because we've gone through this online season and trying to figure out how to get reconnected again. And so what I love about the work that FH does and the work that you guys do is that we really genuinely care about the health and the well-being of the church. Yeah, one thing's for certain, and we we gush over this, we both, we love the church. Our organizations love the church. Yes. And actually, our ministry is the church in many ways. Because organizations throughout history, they'll come and go. Yeah. And there's need for them. There's There's value in them. There's expertise and wisdom in them. But the church is here to stay. And the church is called to to reach out to those around them that you can't have enough organizations doing all of that, what the church was intended to be. Mm-hmm. So what got you into FH, uh, Food for the Hungry? Like what what drew you in? What's your personal why? I actually worked for about 17 or 18 years in the career development industry or sector. And what's fascinating in hindsight is how much overlap there really is between international development that I'm doing now and the career development, because there's a lot of principles that are very similar. So I did that. And then I ended up having a health crisis. When I was 14, I was hit in the jaw with a baseball and it broke my jaw and damaged it quite severely. And so I had surgery at the time, which was a miraculous intervention and gave me a lot of years of relative health. And then in 2012, I started to have some serious issues and I ended up having to quit work altogether and be on a a long-term disability because I'm a talker. And (laughs) if you don't have your jaw, it's pretty tricky to talk. So God gave me a different avenue for my voice during those four years that I was off. And I wrote and I read a lot and I was quiet a lot. And I remember standing by the kitchen sink one day and I had just finished reading a book about a young woman who was working in Africa and she was bringing young children into her home and just all of the challenges and and difficulties that she was facing. And here I was standing in my kitchen just watching water pour out of the tap. 
and just crying and saying, God, why do I have so much? And it was a really physically painful set of circumstances that I was living in. And I was in a lot of physical pain, but I was also very aware that I'm very privileged. And it wasn't like God spoke audibly, but there was just this very strong impression at that time that it was just about timing. Just be patient. So fast forward, I have surgery, I have total joint replacement, I have this unbelievable long but great recovery, and it's time to go back to work. And the place that I worked before doesn't even exist anymore. Wow. So what am I going to do now? And the beautiful way that God moved in showing me that I had four different things that I could bring to a career. And then I get this call from an old friend of mine saying, somebody over at FH would love to have some training. And so would you go and chat with them? And I get there and I'm thinking I'm just going to do a short contract. And it turns out I'm actually in a job interview. (laughs) And those four things that God very specifically showed me that I could bring to a career or to a job were the exact four things that they were looking for, for somebody to come in. And I... I left that and I said to my husband, I I can't say no to this. This is so clearly God ordained. But I didn't know a lot. I didn't think I knew a lot at that point about international development. And the more I've gotten, I've been there six and a half years Mm -hmm. now. And the more I've gotten into it, the more I realize all of those years prior have been preparation for this. Because my heart is for people to grow and to be in right relationship with God and to be in those right relationships and to have their own sense of dignity and value and worth and to recognize that they can solve their problems. And that's one of the things I love about FH is we are an asset-based approach. So we don't go into communities looking for what's wrong. We go in looking for what's right. Who are the people who sometimes we call them positive deviants? people who aren't doing exactly what everybody else is doing and it's actually working. And so looking at how can we empower them? How can we help people envision their own future when they've felt like it's been hopeless? And that's really what I love. That's what God's called me to do my whole life. And so now I get to do it in this fantastic environment. Yeah. And and you do a really good job in educating. And those of you that have listened to or been part of some of her workshops, you will know that. But what I appreciate about you is you bring your whole self into it, your whole story. It's not just here's some cognitive learning, here's some slides and let's let's do a workshop. You really live it out. And I think it's come through that personal experience of yours bringing you. It's not just a job to you. Um, it's part of who you are. Well, and, you know, when we talk about the transformation that happens, there are things that I teach in those workshops that every time I go through it, I realize, oh yeah, you know what? These are really great principles that I need to make sure I'm applying in my own life, in my own family, with my adult children, because they're things that just work. And teaching is makes you the best student, yeah, right? You're you always learning. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then because the workshops in particular are interactive, people bring their own experiences and lives to them. And so there's this great opportunity to learn from one another. Yeah. And so I get to be the student as well as the facilitator in these discussions. And I think that's why I've also connected well with you, because with Care Impact, 
one of our main things is connecting with community and looking for those assets within, not looking at how is the system broken, but what are the, the gifts and abilities and the strengths and the organizations and the, the people that we believe everyone, and, and so do you, we, we believe everyone has intrinsic value and is gifted and, and called uh, into different lanes. But being able to connect with all of that and be able to work together just that whole idea of like, we are better together. Yes. And we need to work together. Well, and then I think it, it actually is more fiscally responsible. Absolutely. Why, why duplicate? Exactly. We're not reinventing the wheel and, and we're letting people who are experts in a particular area be experts. And we're not threatened by that. We're saying, let's invite you in and let's do this together and you be great at what you do and, and help us because that's not our lane. But let's not try to be everything. And that's how we have a memorandum of understanding, right? And, and that's just a formality, but in practicality, we don't have to be the experts and the trainers of poverty. Uh, we can work with you and vice versa. We can work in the child welfare area and we've been able to even co-do some stuff together. And it, it's been a lot of fun to yeah. uh, to work with you. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, letting me come to into your home. My this pleasure. Is, Anytime. It is fun. It's a treat. I'm not going to lie uh, from doing Zoom that we get to actually be together and drink tea together. Any final word or encouragement to, to our audience that you would like to share? I would just say, Again, thank you for all the ways that we have been able to collaborate. And my encouragement, the the hope I think that we have is that good work is happening. There are great things happening in a world where we often hear such discouraging and really frightening kinds of messages to know that there is hope and that as we pull together and as we partner and invest in people through these deep relationships, that change is happening. And I would just say, if you're interested in the workshops that we do offer, you can start by checking out fhcanada.org resources. And we always have any workshops that are listed or that will be listed there, anything that we're doing in the future. So that's a great place to start. And you can also check out careimpact.ca for the times that we'll be featuring you. And sometimes we promote your other workshops as well on our website. And uh, we would love to see all of you participate in one of these workshops in the future. And I can guarantee you it, it's going to be a time well spent and not so much that you have to work for any organization, but simply how to be a good neighbor. If you want to love the person across the street, if you want to love the person in your community that you just are having a hard time connecting with, or you're not sure how to get there, this workshop is for you. Thank you so much, Shalane for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Wendy. Thanks for listening to the Journey with Care podcast where paths connect over real life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation, and loving our neighbor. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or follow us in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.